I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Conte's here to save the day, and we all want more World Cups. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday, the 26th of October. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Brassel. One day I'm going to find a way to lock the document so that hilarious changes can never be made. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Were you the victim of hilarious changes? Yeah. I'm always a victim of Keep hilarious changes. Yeah. The Will Ferrell of the football ramble, that's you. That's me. I actually prefer to channel Partridge, personally. How are you doing? How is your, who are you channeling today, Jim? I'm just channeling myself. Oh, right. It's just easier, isn't it? Um, I guess it depends how you feel about yourself inside. To be honest, I don't want to pull on that thread. Should we move on? <laughs> I'm channeling George Mensch, so uh, oh, really? we, we can pick Manchester United a new coach, even though they've currently still got one. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. It's very disrespectful, apparently, but um, we're going to do it. Look, it's it's, it's disrespectful, it. but it happens. Yes, it does happen, doesn't it? It's um, it's like I really thought watching the game at the weekend, like, oh, it's a shame we're not going to get to talk about this, mm. not being on Monday, but it was so seismic that <laughs> here we still are. It's yeah, every it's day unreal. probably. It so like, like, like Thursday's a new Friday, Tuesday's a new Monday. Very you? much so, yeah. If 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 such a seismic event happens at the weekend, I think that's the case. I, I just I'm still sort of shell shocked from watching that game. I, there is a real sense that Liverpool just sort of took their feet off the gas as well, or foot off the gas. Well, I was I'm quite annoyed about that. So yeah, I know, right? They could have racked up that. a bigger score. I think a lot of Liverpool fans are probably like, oh, what? Maybe they were showing them respect. Maybe, maybe, but I feel I feel like it's. It's such an interesting point we're at now with with Solskjaer. It's because it obviously finished second last year. There, there seem to be signs of improvement, and I, I remember saying at the back end of last season, 
despite that, it looked like it was more likely that the teams below them would, would improve and catch up rather than them going on to take that extra step and, and, and actually go on and win the league. And mm. that looks to have, have come true very early. I mean, it's early days, of course, but the idea that Man United are going to go on and win the league from this position with Solskjaer in, chances, in charge is absolutely fanciful. Um, so it's interesting to me how quickly that has happened. And I think it puts so much into a stark, harsh light, doesn't it? I think when you look at the playing style, which has come under a lot of criticism, you feel like at a club like Man United with the standards they expect, with, with you need a top-level manager and you need a top-level manager that essentially either has their own style, like has created their own style in the way that Klopp has with the Gegen Press and, and, and Pep has with, with Tiki Taka and obviously they've both adapted those style, or you adapt what is considered to be Man United style, which he's done a little bit, I suppose, with the cut and thrust of the of, of the kind of counter-attacking that they do. You, you kind of adapt that to the modern era, but he, he hasn't really done that, has he? He's just employed very basic kind of, you know, off-the-shelf counter-attack tactics. And you think if he's not done either of those things at this point, what's he really doing there? Mm. It, it's a, it, it just seems a waste of everyone's time, really. So you are calling for his head much like Luke did yesterday. No, I, th- I think he's becoming... Disrespect. An, he's becoming an embarrassment <laughs> to Man United now. Woo! Look, you've got Alex Ferguson looking really angry in the ground. Like, he does do that, though. This, yeah, this, but, is, this is Luke wearing a gym mask. <laughs> this I is yeah. amazing. That's Look, why he's he devaluing the, the shares on when, when with he, every embarrassing post-match interview. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say that you feel as though uh, Liverpool should have pushed, pushed on and got more, because obviously... Arsene Wenger famously didn't feel that, did he? When when Manchester United no. show your, showed your boys what real football is, absolutely, yeah. But I'd have wanted I'd have wanted Arsenal to do the same in that in that situation. I'd have preferred them to go and get eight rather than slack off at five. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, didn't have the option. But there you go. <laughs> well, with all of this in mind, uh, various well, no, actually, not various people. Specifically, Antonio Conte is throwing mm. his hat into the ring around this Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation. I love the quote about he is open to understanding the project. Yeah, I mean, we're all open so to we, understanding yeah. the project, and uh, have been for a while. Is that like a meta dig? Do you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I think the idea that he would be interested in understanding the project. Understanding is not the first word I would use for Antonio Conte. Imposing, maybe, is the first verb mm. I would use for Antonio Conte. And that, surely, is is what they want. I mean, of course, Gary Neville touched on, you know, they don't want to go back to Mourinho or Van Howe. The big personality didn't work for them before. But I think there are two things. One, football has moved on since then. Yeah. Two, Manchester United's squad has moved on since then. And it's a win-now kind of squad. Yeah. Also, I think you look at what happened with Chelsea and um, a couple of people sent in and tweets and bits of mail saying, oh, you know, uh, Andy predicted um, Chelsea win the Champions League when uh, Frank Lampard was still in charge. It's like, well, yeah, because look at the squad. Yeah, I think and, uh, to, similar, to, right? to an extent, yeah, I, th- I think you think that about Manchester. Don't know why you, you sound like you're United mocking about. your supporters there, Brass. No, I'm, I'm mocking myself. Oh, right, fair enough. Actually, I'm, I'm saying it wasn't that much of a leap. Please do continue. <laughs> but because I, I think... That, that's that squad that, like as Luke was saying yesterday, it's not perfect, but it's still an oh, amazing it's squad. And it, it, it's, squad. It's, it's, it's an absolutely stacked squad. And I think the idea of you get someone in who's got identity, who's got no emotional ties, as Chelsea did with Thomas Tuchel, and let's be honest, Antonio Conte's got a far more illustrious history in coaching than, than, than Tuchel. You come in, 
I mean, there's there's yeah. a possibility of something. You can hit the, the, the this, this season is not unsalvageable. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's interesting that people talk about the few people that are still kind of back in Solskjaer, really, points to the lack of the defensive midfielder or, or that really imposing midfielder to, you know, be in there with Fred or McTominay or, you know, some variation other than that. But it's like, so you can't judge Solskjaer until he has an absolutely perfect squad yeah. in which every position is is completely world-class. I mean, it's like, I mean, that, that, that seems very generous. Yeah, there's still, I mean, and the wicked whispers coming out of United is that players, some players are beginning to consider whether Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is productive to their professional careers. Does that mean only some players are paying attention only. <laughs> to, to what is happening? <laughs> and I think the, the, the rest of them are simply docile. Yeah. <laughs> well, Too busy with Fortnite. The thing is, as well... No, that's no bad thing. You're talking about the squad, and this this is just an extension of what we've already spoken about, which is that the point about these other coaches, the, the, the Guardiola's, the Tuchel's, I don't know, I'm speaking about them in the plural, but they're not really... They don't really exist in the plural. There's probably five. Conte is probably top five coaches in the in the world in European football, would you say? It feels like yeah. in terms of ability to... Well, the, the job he said the job he did at Inter was the hardest job he's done. And the point is about Solskjaer is that back in the day, if you just had better players than the other team, then you'd be able to win. Hooray. Uh, whereas what now, was the hardest people... bit for Conte at Inter? Was it where they bought Hakimi or was it where they bought Lukaku? He had to make so, sorry, those things on. happen. Um, but you know what I'm talking he about. He did. And he does. And that yeah. is the point, that really. That is exactly the you point. You need someone yeah, who can take exactly things the by point. the scruff yeah. rather than ha- have things happen to him. Yeah. I think the only... I mean, there are some people, Gary Neville included, saying that Conte might not be the right fit. And I think the arguments against are that his European record is, is surprisingly kind of patchy, isn't it? Yeah. But I think perhaps United need to think about their league form as a priority before that. But also, he doesn't tend to stick around long, does he? No. And well, Man United burns, still seem... He? Exactly. Man Scorched United seem, seem committed to the idea that you want to get a manager in for at least for at least a relatively long term even within the context of modern football which but is admirable it is admirable but it's it's just an admission that we're still not over Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. isn't it you, who appoints a coach and thinks he's going to be our coach for the next six or you seven gotta years you've got to earn it you've got to earn it you can't think yeah. like that exactly you yeah. can't think like that the other problem seems to be as well the, the lack of um, experience in the first team coaches if you look at Michael I think we talked mm. maybe we touched on him yesterday but you look at Michael Carrick and Kieran McKenna and they, they haven't these are guys who haven't held such senior roles in their career before obviously you know they've been impressive outside of this the director of football is Darren Fletcher he you know that sense that a structure is coming in but but can you imagine these guys telling Ronaldo that he's got to press or whatever it just doesn't just doesn't seem like that would work very well also also, he can't (laughs) great point yeah so he won't listen and also (laughs) it's he's not gonna think that's a great idea they're they're not gonna buy him a segue is uh, what we're agreed on yeah yeah it's probably not allowed at this point is it I, I think exceptions could be made for Cristiano. Personally. <laughs> yeah. A lot of other exceptions are made for Cristiano. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, you. I mean, so were you seriously undermining the Conte job at Inter, or were you just being slightly wry about the kind of man he is? Um, no, no I, I mean to eventually take the title off. To, to eventually take the title off Juventus is is very impressive indeed. Mm. And you know he might After have nine years, and he might he might have done it in the first season had the pandemic not interrupted things. Yeah. Um, but he did also take Chelsea from 10th to win to win the title. Yeah, that, that's right. That when, he, when he took over Juventus, they'd finished 7th the previous season and then they were unbeaten and won the title in his, his, his first season. Look, it, I, I think this... 
the argument, fact is he thinks it uh, is, under, right? Undermining my own argument slightly here. I was, I, was, I was just having a bit of snark at him. But realistically, when people say, oh, well, let's see that, that person managing Morecambe or Accrington Stanley... <laughs> It's never going to happen, and it's yeah. an irrelevant point. You know, certain most coaches are for certain levels, yeah. and, and that's the way it is. At the level he is, there are a few better than him. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, someone else who's been linked is Eric Ten Hag, but he is apparently having a lovely time. Ajax, Zinedine Zidane is not remotely interested. That's written in the running order. I don't know if that's yeah. a direct quote. He's, he's just... getting himself in the in the queue for France eventually. Yeah. Fine, fair that enough. That makes sense. I think he'd only manage Juventus or France otherwise. And I I have no reason for thinking that. I just like to think that would be the case because he's such a Zidane purist being, of course, <laughs> Zidane. Um, yeah, you're very much a Campbell purist, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. Um, Except today he's Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... They've got to be looking for a solution, right? Whether it's Conte or Ten Hag. I think because obviously last season... I don't know why you're saying that. Because they finished second last season and they got to a European final, right? Yeah, but so they seem to be completely it been, blinded It would have by... been really harsh to, to sack him last season. But now... No, but it's the wrong no. European final. No, but right. But, <laughs> but, but, for Manchester United, isn't it? Quite. But the, the point I'm going to make is that like it would actually have been really, really harsh to sack him last season because he did, did seem to have turned things around from oh, how it yes. looked like the it was going to go so many times. The world of Premier League football. Yeah. But now it's it's sliding back into that situation where it's like, oh, clearly we're not gonna we're not gonna progress under Ollie, so we we need to be we need to just make a decision I soon. Think it's I think already blind. you have to make the tough decisions. It's already neglect to make it get to this get it bad far, yeah. before you consider. And they haven't made a decision at the time of recording, as we always have to say on the football ramble. But you know, to get to that point is 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 neglect already. I'm saying Glazers, posh, Mike Ashley. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they just want an easy life. Shall we move yeah. on to a club with a glorious and progressive future and talk about who's being linked to the Newcastle United job? Next, <laughs> Brass. I've got... <laughs> I've Antonio got... Content, Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think to be serious about the Newcastle job, because obviously we did that Patreon, didn't we, where we made up, you know, people who are gifts who are going to be playing in golf for them. Yeah. But the point being that, mm. you know, all of these fantasy uh, United lineups are, are not based in reality because fundamentally they're involved in a relegation scrap. And even if you look at Manchester City, they weren't able to just hire their, get their main guy. They had to no. build a system and build a whole, you know, hire the whole of Catalonia in order to mm. encourage Pep Guardiola to, to think it would be, he'd have a nice time there and things would work. So they've obviously, yes. there's, a, there's a next step that might even be two next steps I think so, there are yeah. so we're not talking about in terms of managers this is so we're not talking about Conte realistically or, or, or those kind of guys but there are some really intriguing what's fun about this is that there are some intriguing managers who perhaps we would never really talk about on, on the normal ramble uh, who can then be linked with imagine if Newcastle United had like a good and structured approach to picking their managers so yeah. the main one is obviously Paolo Fonseca who's not an unusual a name for this, given that he's been linked with Tottenham. But there's all sorts, I mean, think about people like Leonardo Jardim. Where's, where's he been? Some of the youngsters as well. I wanted to ask you about Vincenzo uh, Italiano. Who's he... having a great time at the moment of Fiorentina. Yeah. and but, but are these realistic, you know, these are people we want to look at because they're interesting. And these, the Athletic's all... done a great piece on all sorts like this. A lot of them, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say they should just go and get Sam Allardyce all over oh, the God. But... <laughs> Having said that, I think a lot of a lot of these names, and I think to an extent, I would include Paolo Fonseca in that of uh, fantasy football names. You know, we want to oh. we want to appoint a coach with 
a philosophy with style that's going to excite the fans. Before you get to that point, you yeah. need to avoid relegation. I think they they know that though, right? But do they? Because if they're going to appoint Paolo Fonseca, mm. I think it's a bit of a punt. And I'm not talking about him not having coached in the Premier League before, but he wants to play a certain type of football that I'm not convinced he can play with Those this, this squad. Yeah. So I think that's hard. Like say the Lucien Favre possibility, that, that makes sense to me because he picked up Borussia Mönchengladbach when they were rooted to the bottom of the table, nailed on for getting relegated and created a style, got them away from relegation next season, got them in the Champions League, which again, I'm not saying is a possibility at Newcastle United, but that is more of the thing they're looking at. If you've got a coach who can do a two-stage job, yeah. that makes sense. I'm not convinced Fonseca can, can do that. Which is Roy Hodgson a, a silly suggestion? I, it's, it's not it's not a terrible suggestion I suppose because you know um, that he's would, not for the be, long term but he yeah. can, but he'll he can do an impressive you. job yeah. as he did at Palace yeah but, no that makes that actually on paper if he would want to do it because he did say as he left Palace he, he doesn't know whether it would be his last job or not mm. so that you yeah, know that would make sense I don't think it'd be popular but it would be a very very shrewd choice because it is so important for them to just stay up isn't it yeah. they get relegated it's actually not the end of the world and it would be fascinating but it's a setback they don't want that would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be. It would sorry, as a with respect, but even fans. but even as Newcastle fans, they know they'd probably come straight back up, and then yeah. it would just start, it would just set them back a little bit. But yeah. it would it would also be a massive effort to get relegated in this season's Premier League. Yeah, it would because I, I think there are, <laughs> like, there are, there are a lot of not great teams. Yeah, down there, I would suggest. But the the yeah. problem is at the moment that for Newcastle, we're discussing coaches when we should be discussing directors of football now. Now. Monchi, Monchi, Monchi. If they, he's not coming. <laughs> if if they could persuade Mark Overmars, I think that's interesting, particularly medium term. But what they don't have at the moment is a football structure and football philosophy, and a lot of that's been put on the new owners. That well, you know, they 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 don't have a clue. There's no one um, with football experience up there. But it's like, well, really, is like Mike Ashley got to the club and realised that the financial hole left by Freddie Shepard, etc., was a lot deeper than he anticipated. Yeah. I suspect they're getting to the club and thinking, shit, he stripped everything back, left it in charge of a few people, and there is no football structure. Yeah. So that is something that they are having to deal with. And, you know, if you can... In the short term, that makes it complicated, I think, to appoint the right coach. Yeah, we'll continue to dig into the potentials uh, as as time goes on. Probably for the rest of the week, Russ. I want to hear more about Francesco Farioli, but we're, maybe we'll save that for another for another day. Um, now, just before we get to the break, a bit of sad news. Uh, just before we came on air, Walter Smith, the uh, significant Rangers legend, obviously former assistant coach at uh, Manchester United, has died today at the age of seventy three. He won twenty one trophies in his career, second only at the club behind, this is Rangers we're talking about, the club behind Bill Struth and won seven successive titles. He also was the Scotland boss. So sad news we we were hearing just this morning. Yeah, an absolute giant in Scottish football yeah. as, as, as well as helping out Sir Alex Ferguson for that short little time at, at Manchester United. But if you think he straddles two spells of Rangers as well, of course, being part of that, that nine in a row and then coming back for a couple more titles later. So yeah, an incredible servant to Rangers and Scottish football. Real sad loss. Um, yeah, and we pay our respects to his family. All right, let's take a short break now and we'll be back the other side. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Detective Aberline. Hearing you, Aberline. Go ahead. We've got the body of a male on Derwood Street, Whitechapel, just behind the tube, a Mark Allen Nichols. His throat has been cut, a stab wound below his shoulder blade, and, uh... Continue, please, Detective. Yeah, she's, uh, she's cut off his knob and put his bollocks in the recycling bins. Stack presents a thrilling new audio fiction. She cut his throat... Unbollocked the guy and decocked him for good measure. The body of a man brutally murdered in Whitechapel was discovered this morning. That was Jackie's way. Evil, bloodthirsty, sexually explicit, and just. Yeah, just bloody horrible, really. Step into the scene. Me, yours truly, moi, that's, uh, me. Detect. Lead detective, Freddie Abeline of Scotland Yard. There is a man next to us who has been brutally murdered and dismembered. We'll go and find his member then. Jesus Christ. Oh, but we've kept his AirPods in, I see. What's he listening to? Death metal? Zombie nation? Follow me as I hunt the most vicious serial killer known to man. Good Lord, she stuffed his eye sockets with his own bollocks. (laughs) Jackie the Ripper. The infamous Whitechapel murders retold. By the makers of The Offensive. Available now on all podcast platforms. Sorry, Sally, I got your shoes. Ah, oh, it's my wagamama from earlier. Let's have a closer look. Looks like noodles. Nope, him. Jackie the Ripper. Hold on to your bollocks. In football, you've worked with and alongside some of the biggest names in the game, some of the biggest coaches you've come up against as well. Who's been your biggest influence in your coaching career? I think myself. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Rabble with me, Andy and Jim today. I w- wasn't sure if that was going to be the Brendan Rodgers one or the <laughs> Jason Mourinho, but... The pause makes it every time. The pause yeah. makes it like he's really considering the matter. Mm. Time for some emails. More considered matters from the listeners. 
This is one from Cody Barrett. Hello, Ramblers. Uh, long-time listener and emailer. Never fucking once got a mention on the show, but we're still here. <laughs> here you are, Cody. That's, that's the best opening to an email I think we've ever had. On Monday's Ramble, Kate was wondering whether Jose Mourinho would be able to step onto an NHL ice rink and be able to knee slide with normal dress pants on. Mm. Being from the great state of hockey, Minnesota, I feel obligated to enlighten her. If Moose steps onto the ice just after it has been Zambian. Zambonied. Zambonied. That's the, 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 like, the kind of like, I don't even know what you'd describe it as. Those little those, those truck machines. things that like yeah. go around the ice. Okay. To make it all. Is it like where they flatten the square with the roller in cricket? Essentially, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, if Moose steps onto the ice just after it has been Zambonied, it's more or less frictionless and he absolutely could slide as far as he wanted to. Wow. Like, like that Plymouth goal celebration the other week. Yeah. Uh, however, after about two minutes of the players being on it, it gets very snowy and chipped up by the skate blades, uh, meaning there's more friction and any knee slide would result in Iron Robin-esque knee slide failure and deep bruises. <laughs> yeah, you don't, there's nothing like an ice rink bruise, is there, on the knees? Ugh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why, why did we get to the point of Mourinho doing a knee slide Cause he, anyway? Because he did he's, that in... But he's, he's in his 50s. Yeah, but he's not... He, he I mean, lives did, did you, out of body experiences as day-to-day life. But did you, did you see his run towards the fans after that um, Roma winner against... I think it was... I can't remember who it was yeah, earlier I know in the season. And I, I think if you did a split screen of that and Old Trafford in 2004, I don't, I don't think it would be flattering. Even though he's like wearing a coat at Old Trafford that was probably about as heavy as a bear. Mm. I don't remember it seeming particularly wonky, or was it just quite slow? The one yeah, recently? just not, not the same level of pace. He's to lost him. half a yard, basically, <laughs> is what we're saying. Justin Griffith has also been in touch. He says, I'm, email- I'm emailing you about my and your favourite United Soccer League Championship team, Tuffy Schallenberger's Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC. <laughs> I was watching my beloved, ha- beloved Hounds last week as they played Miami FC, a huge game between the third and fourth place teams in the conference, when something very weird happened. In a nil-nil game, Miami were awarded a free kick deep in their own half. The player places the ball down and takes a quick free kick to his teammate, who then passes it back to the keeper, who was thinking about other stuff, and just sort of lets the ball rolled past him into his own net. Pretty standard stuff so far for the second tier of American soccer, except what happens next is the keeper starts complaining about something, so the refs confer and somehow the decision they arrive at is to award the Riverhounds a corner kick. Not a goal, not a retake of the free kick, a corner. The game ends nil-nil thanks to a truly astonishing refereeing decision. A decision so bad that the USL is forcing the two teams to replay the game starting in the 67th minute with the Hounds up 1-0. The subsequent press release featured the following line. In this instance, the match officials applied a law that unequivocally did not match the events on the field and the ruling on the field exceeded the reasonable degree of human error that is inherently part of the game, said USL President Jake Edwards. I don't know why people don't take our league seriously. Seriously. That is astonishing. That might be the worst refereeing decision I've ever heard of. If you've got anything that comes anywhere near yeah. that, show at footballramble.com because that is amazing. Yeah, absolutely right. That's so baffling. Like, I just wish we could have been listening to the conversation that led to that because that suggests to me someone's got a big personality. Yeah, oh, massively. Someone has just, just been absolutely like just steamrolled there in conversation. <laughs> How do you give a corner? Madness. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think straight away. M- maybe... <laughs> If they thought the free kick went straight back to the, the, the goalkeeper and that there wasn't another touch in between. I mean, it's it's a Stuart Atwell at Watford moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Abysmal. As Jim says, write in, tell us more, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now, it looks as though this double World Cup every four years thing is uh, is over. Do we think that? Well. FIFA's fever dream maybe in this specific instance is not going to happen exactly like that because Gianni Infantino didn't commit to announcing a vote on the proposals in December. Uh, the way he was framing it out was not just that there would be two World Cups in every four-year cycle, but that maybe not the same teams would participate. Yeah, so he's not... It wow. seems like he's not having a vote on the biennial World Cup because he's thought of a worse idea mm. and he wants yes. to explore that. <laughs> like that, um, that absolute lizard behaviour, that is. But, uh, do you, uh, yeah, we'll have more World Cups, but you won't have every team competing. Well, in fundamentally, them. that's just they're turning something that is a World Cup into something that's not, that's a, not World a World Cup. Cup. Absolutely, it becomes why not an, just have an one every, Why don't you just have a World Cup every day? Yeah, why not? With all, yeah, and then just, just one team, around. or maybe just two teams in each World Cup. Yeah. And then you can alternate, everyone can win. I mean, it's, it is forgotten that the idea is meant to separate, you know, the, the, the best two teams in the world and then have them play it out it's like they've forgotten what competition is or maybe he knows it's a terrible idea and he's simply using it as a Trojan horse for no. something, something else, else like an expanded yeah. club world cup yes which and, they, well, they're doing that anyway aren't they yeah and and of and of course there's the fact that um, UEFA was getting quite a lot of its national associations to say right we're not having that let's leave let's leave FIFA <sighs> which obviously leaves Infantino in not the legacy building position he wants to be no. in uh, because that's what it's all about isn't it so yeah. he's actually been quite a clever brass. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Devious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, watch this space, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he said about the biennial World Cup, I've heard some critical comments. I have heard many enthusiastic comments as well. It's no, like, you fucking haven't. you surrounded yourself with yes-men, Gianni. Yeah. Like, of course you have. Also, also talking, of, talking of legacy, Yeah. I, I think he's already trashed his legacy of... Who was a like very jolly man when he used to do the Champions League mm. draws? I really enjoyed those. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think maybe the message to, to well, him aside, but we're about to talk about Beckham as well. It's maybe after you've done football, just just tell yeah. us, like, just forget it. No yeah. more football. Yeah. Go and do something. Get involved, even just in some mm. other sport. Don't tarnish yourself. Yeah. Um, he's going to be announced or has been announced. David Beckham as a Qatar 2022 ambassador. The Qatar Stars League, or whoever it is, who's in charge of this um, latest bit of marketing, said that it's categorically not true that he's been paid 150 million query pounds to do that. Um, so perhaps he hasn't been. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> he's been in Qatar, and he's going to be the face of next year's World Cup. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a real contrast between the sort of marketable generation of stars of of a generation ago, such as David Beckham. And the current players, like, can you imagine any of our current England squad doing that? They're so much more socially conscious and so much more aware of of the optics of these sort of things. And perhaps in some cases that's cynical, but I don't believe it to be. Like, you wouldn't have Raheem Sterling doing this. Do you know what I mean? It just mm. seems. We don't know it, in twenty years what the Raheem well, no, Sterling. No, we, we absolutely equivalent. don't. But mm. I, I, I choose to. I choose to believe that these players are of you know are, are a bit more aware than that and. I, you know, I'm just more impressed with them in the in comparison to this. Really. And not every player is Raheem Sterling as well. No, of course. I, I, of course. I think, I think we have Rashford to say that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's, it's a little disappointing. Wasn't um, he great when he was just endorsing sarongs? Yeah, and pants and things like that. <laughs> I, I, I would say Gibril Cisse did it better. But, you know, each their own, I suppose. I, I, I think 
the weird thing is he doesn't need the money. Mm. I mean, does no. he really believe this thing about people the, love the, the, money though? Don't the, they? The power of football to inspire positive change. I mean, I think that might be that, the slogan. That implies that implies a lot of heavy lifting by Beckham. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe he does intend to challenge, um, yeah, the, the country on human rights and um, the persecution of um, gay people and like the the methods of construction of, of of the stadiums and all that sort of stuff. But I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, but let, let's, but the, let's put isn't it that the way. idea that they are going to pay him to do that to them? Seems a little <laughs> fanciful. Well, no. Once you once you're in, you're in. Really, I think if you're the face of of Qatar and you're shaking hands and having a lovely lovely time with all, that, I mean, the hospitality is great. It's it's implied. <laughs> <laughs> um, just... There's there's implied endorsement. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and we've we've seen that already, haven't we? With with Xavi, who every time he opens his mouth about non-footballing philosophy matters, it's just it's so disappointing. It's, it's so, well, he's so, been, so disappointing. He's been living there for some time now, Al Shavi. Yeah, he's there's a, a bit, there's a bit a of Stockholm coach. syndrome there. For he's sure. a head coach yeah. of Al Sad, one of the Qatar Stars League mm. teams. Um, yeah, it's so interesting the idea of him using that as his platform to then be to learn to coach and become then Barcelona manager. He's yeah, he's what turned it down twice now. Anyway, but um, Amnesty UK CEO has urged Beckham to learn about the human rights situation in the country and to be prepared to comment on it. Mm. And I thought it's sort of interesting hearing about this in the context of did you guys see the Crystal Palace banner at the Newcastle game at yes. the weekend where it was like um, a checklist of things that are associated with Saudi or that. In fact, occur in Saudi like yeah. beheadings, um, and it was someone supposed apparently reported it to the to the police, but there's no case to answer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. That's the Holmesdale Fanatics, a Crystal Palace fan group, and I just thought it's interesting in the context of someone like David Beckham, who you think of having a massive platform, who can and he could say anything. People would listen to pretty much anything he had to say, yeah. and him. Let's see, as you say, we don't know what he's gonna what he's gonna do with this. P- platform, but very much he, like Zinedine Zidane, he's come a very long way without. Agreed. On the back of saying nothing, and really. you compa- and then you compare it to maybe this this like small little Palace fan group who are trying to take a stand and are tr- you know putting out really strong statements about the situation with the Newcastle deal and, and you know whatever you think about what's right and what's wrong in in Premier League ownership, I just thought it was really kind of impressive that either way they were taking a stand with the small opportunity that they had. It was, and the the, the Homestyle fanatics have done. Like an incredible thing already, really, in in transforming um, a, a rundown stadium into one of the most atmospheric ones in the in the, in the Premier League. It's it's absolutely astonishing, particularly in a a modern Premier League context. And you have to applaud them for that. But um, to do something that goes beyond the atmosphere in the stadium is is fantastic, particularly in an era when you know a, a lot of fans. I don't really think want the hassle of thinking about stuff particularly hard that's that's off the pitch. Um, and like I said before, I do think it is fans' job to to, to, to question, to constantly question the people who are, are running your club because otherwise that's how you sleepwalk into footballing and institutional disaster. And when you when you take your eye off the ball, I think it's really important. More Absolutely football tonight. Right. The League Cup returns. Chelsea up, go up against Southampton. Arsenal versus Leeds. Don't forget, guys, and I'm sad that we missed it at the time or didn't dig into it in great detail. These ties were picked up by Michael Richards and Harry Redknapp at the Potton Bowls Club in Bedfordshire. How does it rate amongst Bowls Clubs? 
in terms of prestigiousness? Uh, well, now I, I would I, say I, I, quite I, highly. I don't know yeah. why I'm looking at you and asking you. It's the only one I've Jim, ever heard of, so I, it must be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not 58. It was a thing. Apparently you could like, um, what was it? We were talking about, it was an Arsenal fan who yes. managed to earn the right for his bowls club to have the draw there. Okay. 58-year-old Arsenal fan, Gary Gunn. Sounds what? like someone Marcus would make up. What a bloody lad. <laughs> oh, shit. Is he, are we sure he hasn't just made him up? <laughs> Gary, right in, please. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is relevant to the Leeds potential performance tonight, but Marcelo Bielsa has apparently paid, do we believe this, £150,000 of his own money for a gym to be installed at Ellen Road for staff to keep fit. Do we believe this, Jim? I mean, it seems weird that they can't use the players, Jim. Um, but yeah, who knows? He's a generous man. I'm sure there's reasons for it. I believe it. He's a details man, right? He is. Maybe a he's trying to get man. his staff into like really, into such really good ripped. shape that like if he has an injury crisis, he's, he can just like stick in a dinner lady. Maybe he's trying to teach them to do the squat. <laughs> you yeah. know, his like pitch side Glute squat training. Oh, that's like, so hard. You can it tell does. he's a man who trains. It's, it's it's very very impressive. I mean, like you said, he is a details guy. That when he was at Athletic, he actually had a a tape measure out to measure the exact width of the pitch and get the the groundsman to get it to his total specification to the centimetre. It's seriously important, that stuff. Ask the Liverpool fans. Uh, Apparently, on the details, it's got pictures of the Yorkshire countryside all over the walls. Oh. And his wife designed it. That sounds great. Sounds more and more made up. His his wife is an architect, (laughs) but but, by, by the way, it's not, you know... She's not do a picture of the Dales. <laughs> um, yeah, we got oh, coming up as well to look out for in the Chelsea Southampton game. A couple of Chelsea Academy graduates who, uh, yeah, you've got a bit of a point to prove. Tino Liveramento and Armando Broja have been tearing it up lately at Southampton. Chance for Southampton to really shine. Luke will be pleased. Um, all right then, guys, enjoy that stuff. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. On tomorrow is Kate. No, me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's me. It's Vish, and it's Pete. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for hanging out, Jim. Nice to see you. Say yeah. goodbye. Goodbye, Jim. <laughs> Say goodbye, Brad. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's football ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We'll see you next time. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.